This is Alive with Joseph. Permit me, please, as we talk about building a rising to build, permit me to talk to you about something you must do in order to build. If you do not terminate the pattern, you cannot build anything new. So if there's anything the Lord will allow me to do within the next 35 minutes is to set your heart in a direction that will lead your pastor to praying for you because I will be on the loose, on the run. Uh, so I'm going to help ignite some thought patterns in your heart. And subsequently, I hope the Lord will allow us to have better times of interactions in the spirit. But for this moment, permit me to speak to you on what I titled the Terminator's Anointing. The Terminator's Anointing. How many of you love movies? All, all liars go somewhere. Oh, I mean, if you're born again, but you still like watching movies. Raise your hands up. I mean, you like watching real movies. Amen. Pastor does. I mean, and I do. Amen. I love, I love, I love seals. I love commandos. I love gorilla armies. I, you see, I, I love, I hate this, um, this cowboy thing where you want to shoot and you shoot just one bullet and then you have to. It's a waste of time because the Bible says, what thou doest, do it quickly. Yeah. So, so if you want to shoot, I, you see, I, I love it when Rambo has all this bullets and you just keep hearing bup, 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 bup. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just amazing you just just see things happening amen it's the way god works things happen quickly amen <laughs> all right but this thing of you know shoot one day i mean in this time you'll be gone before the next adjustment all right okay so having said that it is important for you to know that there is something called the terminator's anointing and my heart as i watch you all worship my heart goes to this house and i knew in the place of prayer because there were so many things i wanted to talk about until in the hours of the night the lord woke me up and he said no son he said your assignment in this house is different i go to every church on assignment and the lord said to me the assignment is to come and raise terminators that's all and I stand on that God to say to you, the people that God sent me to are in this house today. And I'm about to describe you very shortly. You know, if you watch the movie Terminator, you remember that movie? Oh, go, go watch it again. So we want to talk to you about something called the Terminator's anointing. All right? In every, in every family, in every nation, in every organization, in every institution, in every church, there are three kinds of people. Write it down. Number one, we have people we call initiators. Number two, we have people we call continuators. Now, number three, I will even give you four today. Number three, we have people we call multiplicators. And finally, we have people we call terminators. Can I have four men by... Just four men who will want to come help me from anywhere. Just four, four men. God bless you, sirs. Just four of us. Just four men. Because I, I know it's an upward mobile church, so illustration will do better than just talking. Is that all right? So here's what I want you to know. Who's going to be like the father of the house? Who's the father of the house? Can we have you as a father? All right? So can we have you next to him, sir? Can we have you next to him? And you are the youngest. No, no, you stay here, sir. 
Oh, oh, you want us? No, no, let's allow it to go like that. So in every generation, in every family, in every nation, we usually have four kinds of people. The initiators, the continuators, the multiplicators, and then we have the terminators. Permit me for the purpose of making you understand what this all represents so you can begin to angulate your heart in the direction of prayer. Initiators are those who begin a trend. Initiators are founders. Initiators are the pioneers. Initiators are those who began whatever you see. This house has an initiator. Is that okay? This church in Polokwane has an initiator. The initiator is what you call by constitution the founder. Is that okay? Okay. Some years after when his time on earth is gone and you're going to be seeing the same church, you'll be seeing this church because of a... Can I hear you? Several years after, as this church spread across the nations of the earth, that will happen because of what? And if for any reason after that you don't see the church again, there must have come a leader who became a what? Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. As I speak to you, and I hope I have, I just wish I had the time, I will go into nation building, I will go into organizational development, I will go into community building, I will go into family building, I will go into church development and the rest of that. Because most of the times, our focus is always around the initiator, and the initiators, not like your pastor, most initiators face this direction. No, sir, just this, yes, that's good. Most initiators face this direction. They don't turn now, sir. They don't focus on pouring into the continuator. So that the continuators can pour into the multiplicators. Usually, Joshua, Moses, initiator. Joshua, continuators. Othniel, and his generation multiplicators. But after Othniel's generation, the Bible said there arose a generation that knew not the God of Joshua. The problem is usually around the third layer of leadership. Most churches get it right with the first layer of leadership and the second layer of leadership. But most of us usually don't see into the third and the fourth. It is incumbent upon every one of us to always look at the fourth. That is why the Bible always talks about to the fourth generation. It's always in the fourth. So young entrepreneurs, those of you who are about to start businesses, stop thinking about registering a business. Start asking yourself, do I have capacity to cause it to go beyond me to the fourth generation? I want you to go around your country today. Think about businesses 
that were started about 20, 30 years ago or 10 years ago or 5 years ago, some of them are fizzled away because the first generation of leaders are gone. And they did not do a good work in pouring into the second, the third, and the fourth generation. Think about some churches that were causing waves. Churches that were making the loudest noise. Churches that were on the news. In the years gone by, think about them. Just a few years ago, these churches were everywhere on the news. Where are they now? So as we talk about building, we need to start thinking about building to last. But then I, I worry about building to last. How about building to outlast? <laughs> Several years ago, the Lord had told me, he said, son, don't join the noise in town. He said, focus on developing leaders. Mama, I went all over the place. For 10 solid years, 2020 to 20, I mean, 2010 to 2020, I was all over America. Monday, Sunday nights, I leave Nigeria. I've gone to America, go for leadership certification programs. I do things with the U.S. government like that, do trainings for them. And, you know, as I go to train for the U.S. government, I also branch out some places, get some certification. One day, a pastor looked at me and said, Pastor Sam, are you turning your church to a school? Because every time we ask for you, you're doing one training, one training, one training, one training. What is the problem with this training, training, training? I spent 10 solid years doing that. You know what I did? I made sure that I practiced this. I have my immediate set of leaders, and I prepare the ones following them. The ones following that set, and the ones following that set, then we've moved to the fifth. So here's the point. No leader walks out of our church and makes the church unstable. So there is no such thing as an indispensable leader in our church. In fact, hold tight to your position because if you fall out, there are more replacements waiting. Am I talking to somebody here? Now, the reason I'm telling you this is that Pastor, the Lord showed me something when I was coming here. And I don't know what's going on in your heart and in the heart of the first lady. But I just want to say this, Father, I say this as you've shown me. Pastor, I saw you all of a sudden. I saw you in the image of a man who was an archer. And I just saw you with a bow and I saw you with multiple arrows. And I said, God, what is this? And the Lord said to me, he is already gathering the arrows. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going on. But the Lord said, I should encourage you. And the next thing I saw was after a while, I saw you pulling out the arrows and you're shooting. Then I saw you shooting. And I said, Lord, what is that? He said, the hour is coming when he will begin to send many to the nations. Many will begin to grow. And a life will begin to move to different places. I just saw you pulling out. So there's coming a season, so you never run out of arrows. Because you have your quiver full of them. So this is a season, man of God, to do more trainings. And there are people under the sound of my voice here. You see yourself as an ordinary person. But the Lord said you are not ordinary. Is that okay? The Lord brought you here ordinary. But this church is going to make you become extraordinary. Can I have an amen in the house of God? So follow me carefully. I, I, I wish I can spend time on that, but this is not where I'm going to. I want to deal with something else today. So Abraham lied. Isaac lied. Jacob became a liar. 
Abraham began it, Isaac sustained it. Jacob multiplied it. Watch this. It blew up in Jacob because it became a personality. Formerly it was a weakness. But by Jacob, it was a personality. So he was a liar, not that he lies. It was so disruptive. Lies became so disruptive and deception became so disruptive in his psyche that when he sees a woman he wants to marry and he sees an honest woman, he is distracted away from her. There is something on the inside of him that pushes him towards another deceiver. Even when God wanted to rescue him, there was something on the inside of him that still pushed him in the direction of a deceiver. Am I talking to somebody? Follow me carefully. So, Abraham began it. He continued it. Multiplied it by having ten sons who returned to lie to him. Here's a trouble. He lied to a king. He lied to a king. But Jacob lied to his own father. What the family does to outsiders, if you don't deal with it, the family will eventually become the recipient of it. I'm not here for joke. I'm not here to play. I came under God's inspiration to raise terminators. That God will find you worthy to stop the nonsense going on in your family. He said, and I saw that they were crying. Generations and families were crying. And they were like, there's nobody worthy to open the book. But I saw the lamb. I saw the lamb that was slain. He was worthy to open the book. Someone is about to be raised here. To stop the tears in your bloodline for years. <laughs> so the story isn't ended. You know one of the things that I love about teaching over preaching is that preaching gives you the what. Teaching gives you the how. Preaching gives you the fruit. Teaching gives you the root. Is that okay? So is it okay if I give you the root? Fantastic. So Abraham lied. He initiated it. Isaac continued it. Continuators are people who don't challenge what is initiated. You met it, you continue like that. You met it in the office. Well, that's how they do it here. So you have what we call high penchant for conformism. You are a conformist. So you come to a department in the church, a medium that has now become a weak link in the church. So much so that the strength of your pastor is being weakened by the weakness of that department. And, and you join the department and you're like, how do you guys do it here? Okay, can we continue like that? So you are a continuator. 
You don't challenge status quo. You allow it to continue like that. Your father was a serial, a serial polygamist. And here you are as a man too. And that's how the men in my family do. They sleep around with women. They impregnate. My father has four children out of wedlock. And here you are too. You are not 44. You already have four kids from five different women. Or three different women. It's what runs in my family. Your mother didn't settle with one man. She was with multiple men here and there. Polyandros living. And here you are too. Even though you're born again, you don't see anything wrong with it. You're a continuator who doesn't challenge the status quo. They drink in your family. So you too, you just continue because that's what they do in my family. They didn't go beyond university degree in your family. So you too, you finish the university and the next thing you're thinking about is marriage. Who's going to marry me? I just want to get married and, and they settle down, have kids and then your life is over. Because that's what you saw. You don't challenge status quo. You get a job, they pay you about 50,000 rands by month, and that's, wow, God, you now you're in your promised land, you know, because now I have a little house, and I have a little car, and praise God, it's time for me now to rest until I die, you know, like, because there's nothing challenging you, just a conformist. You're saying a you're saying an environment where everybody, everybody just likes to maintain. Everybody's quiet. Nobody's striving. Everybody around you, how you doing? Oh my God, my job is fine. They pay me every month. That's okay. And I'm cool with that. I can pay my gas bills. I can pay my house rent. I can pay my mortgage and all of that. And then you're 28 and then 30. Still maintaining that kind of life. Comfort has now become the enemy of progress in your life. And the reason you don't know how backward you are is because you are in the community of mediocres. You don't know how the people of your age have moved. But your environment limits your thinking capacity. So you have become a resemblance of the environment wherein you function. Conformist. That is why God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, what's wrong with you? He said, Lord, what would you give me seeing that I go barren? Oh, Abraham, now I know why you are barren. It's not because I wanted you to be barren. I now, I've been wondering why is it that what I said over your life has not come to pass? Now I get it. So you've been seeing yourself going barren. So your life is now a predominant expression of your preoccupied imaginations. So your imagination has now become your expression. Because that which they imagine shall not be withdrawn or restricted from them. You are, you are a living expression of your predominant thinking pattern. See yourself living in a mortgage house, exactly what you're going to have. See yourself paying for your house cash. That's exactly what you're going to have. For as he thinketh in his heart, so he. If you pray right and think wrong, the outcome will be wrong. I can prove that to you. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. And whosoever shall say to this mountain, and shall not doubt in his heart. So it is mind and mouth. It is not mouth 
without mind. In actual fact, if the mouth says it and the mind doubts it, the mouth can't have what the mind doubts. I don't want to preach you out of your seat, so I just want to make sure you get some principles here. So I'm trying to restrain myself. <laughs> so, so write this down. Initiators are those who begin a trend. Whether it's a positive trend or a negative trend. Continuators are those who actually sustain such a trend. And I'm coming down to that. Number three, multiplicators are those who multiply the trend. Number four is terminators. These are the ones who challenge the trend and bring it to an end. These are disruptive human beings who will never accept mediocrity for excellence. These are individuals who will never settle for less because their eyes have captured the greater glory. These are individuals who will say, my father may have set his teeth on sour grape and my family have eaten out of that sour grape, but I choose everyone in my family, this one first degree, first degree, first degree. But you see, I am choosing to be a terminator. I am the one who will step out of the bloodline. I'm the one that will say it has been so for a long time, but not on my not on my set. Am I talking to somebody in the house of God here? Somebody's under this. That's what we came here for. I came here to recruit some of you. I came here to recruit terminators. Those who will build families differently. Those who will build churches differently. Those who will build their lives differently. I need some help on the sound here. I came to recruit some individuals who will build their assignments differently. Somebody shout, I'm a terminator. You're not, you're not saying it like someone who is serious about it. Somebody shout, I'm a terminator. You know, one of the things that I wrote down here is something I want to share with you. In cosmic science, when we talk about terminators, we're talking the line, the line, we're talking about the line between day and night. Meaning this is the one that says, that is the night, and weeping has endured for a night, but this is the morning, and joy cometh water. You have come this far, and nobody challenged you in my family, but I am the challenger. I am the disruptor. I am the terminator. Somebody shout, I'm a terminator. It is a line between the illuminated zone and the unilluminated zone. It is the one that says darkness has come to this point, but light takes over from this moment. Somebody shout, I'm a terminator. A terminator begins a trend. A terminator ends a trend and begins another. A terminator is the one that says, listen, I didn't see my father build a house, buy a house. I didn't see it, but my children will see it. Is there a terminator in the house? Shout, I'm a terminator. Say like a minister, I'm a terminator. So write this down. A terminator is a cycle breaker. A terminator breaks the cycle. A terminator is a pattern breaker. 
A terminator is a spell breaker, a jinx breaker. A terminator is a barrier or limit breaker. Somebody shout, I'm a terminator. Was I too fast for you? Did you get everything I said? If you didn't get it, just go and play the video back. <laughs> Amen. So, as a, as a, so watch this carefully. Let me show you who the terminator is. Abraham lied. Isaac lied. Jacob became a liar, right? So Joseph found himself in Potiphar's house. Listen to what the woman said. So you see, sometimes when you talk about Joseph decided not to sleep with the woman, it's not about the woman. It's about what Joseph understands. Did you catch that, man? So Joseph, the woman said to him, she said, sleep with me. And see, nobody will know. Joseph said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. That is an invitation to, to lie. So, so for Joseph, it was not about running away from sin. It was about running away from something. Keep your hands on each other. It was about running away from something that keeps the entire family in one level. Joseph said, listen, my grandfather carried destiny. God wanted to establish so much with Abraham. But because of lies, because of compromise, God moved on to the next generation. Hoping that it will happen in Isaac. That was why later God said to Abraham, in thy seed. Because I've not found you perfect. Is that okay? And then we came over to Isaac. Hoping that Isaac will be the trend breaker. Hoping that Isaac will be the terminator. Isaac under the same circumstance. Isaac also lied. Am I talking to somebody that asked God? God said I have to move on again. And so God now said look. Take what is in you. Transfer it to Jacob. Transfer it to your son. And he put. Oh my God. Watch this carefully. I don't know if I'm helping anybody here. Watch this carefully. It, have you noticed something? Jacob wanted, Isaac wanted to put what he carried on the wrong person, which was Esau. Is that okay? Ah, I wish I can talk to you about Esau. I wish I can tell you why God hated him and loved Jacob. Is that okay? All right, but that, there's no time for that today. So watch this carefully. He put his hand here, and then we have a situation whereby Jacob became the one that was blessed by Isaac. Is that okay? The challenge again is that even Jacob, again, we found there was a flaw. So we cannot continue the birth and the preserve. They birth a nation through Jacob, but we couldn't preserve it. So God began to search, and God searched through the 11 sons of Jacob and couldn't find one worthy of that. Why? I will tell you the reason why. All the 11 sons, I wish I can have like little kids, but there's no time for that. Your pastor will illustrate someday later. 11 sons, spread your hand over me. No, over, over me, over me. Now, 11 sons, you stay away. 11 sons of Jacob, 11 sons were Benjamin, Judah, Simeon, name all of them. They were all under the covering. Watch this. Even though Abraham is dead, by virtue of the fact that he passed it on to Isaac, and Isaac passed it on, this limitation covered the 11 sons. So none of the 11 sons could also become what they were destined to be. 
Is that okay? Watch it carefully. You call it, you call it wickedness done to Joseph, but I'm talking to you about the divine arrangement. So God allowed the 11 sons to become envious, the 10 of them, to become envious of Joseph, who is supposed to be the 12th. Is that okay? And God used them to push him out of the circle because... God used them to push him. I'm talking to a lady here who has been getting offended. Pastor says, I don't know what I did to them. Everybody doesn't like me. They're pushing you away. Because you are not supposed to fit in. Am I talking to somebody here? They are pushing you away. And this, this rejection is redirection. Am I talking to somebody in the house of God? Your re the rejection is because of your assignment. You wonder why this group of leaders, this group of ministers, they don't always want you in their cycle. They are pushing you away. They help each other, but they don't help you. They advertise each other, but they don't advertise you. They talk about themselves, or they don't talk about you. Don't feel bad. God is about to announce you without them. Somebody shout, I'm a terminator. It's going to make sense in a little while. So, so the 11 sons were covered by their father, Jacob. Sit down. They're covered by their father. <laughs> is that okay? All right. Part of my training is to make sure that you bring the teaching to the level of everyone you can see in the atmosphere. Uh, and so, um, we can take it higher. We can take it lower. But we want to keep it mid-range where we can reach everybody. This is not mid-round. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. So watch this carefully. Eleven sons under the father. Watch who covers you. You have no idea what God has done for you by bringing you under the leadership of your pastor. Shield this man of God and his wife. Shield them with your life. Shield them with everything you've got. They are not God, but they are God sent to you. They are not perfect, but they are God's accepted and chosen. Am I talking to somebody here? Stay under a covering that has room for you to grow. Stay under a covering that challenges you to grow. When you see a pastor with audacious faith, say, let's come and take a building like this. You come into the place and you see the way everything is arranged. That does something to you. The way the church is structured, it does something to you. What the church does for you, to you, in you, you will not even know how by visual stimulation is making you gradually to move away from the pattern in your bloodline, you'll begin to do things differently. Is that what's happening to you? Talk to me, is that what's happening to you? Be careful where you stay under. God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, what did you say? He said, Lord, he said, what would you give me seeing I go blind, I go naked, I mean, I go uh, barren. And God said to him, I see where your trouble lies, the way you look, the way you see. So you know what God did to him? God said, I'm going to help you, Abraham. Your covering is your problem. So you know what God did? The Bible said, and God brought him from out under his tent. 
and God brought him under something that has more room. So God brought him under the cloud. He was under a room with limited headroom. But now God said, come out. And then God said, count the stars. What God was doing was what we call visual transformation. God was changing his perspective from limited seeing to unlimited seeing. You owe it to yourself to be greater headroom. A leadership that stretches the bar every year. That comes and tells you next year we are filling up the stadium. A leadership that dreams unlimited dreams. A leadership that tells you, listen guys, we just have 20 million rands. But there's a program we want to do next year. It's going to cost us a hundred million rand. And you're just going to say, yes, Papa, we're going. It's a we're able. It's possible. You don't sit down there and say, where are we going to get that from? If you do that, you are kept aside. Am I talking to somebody here? Good God Almighty. Because this building is already becoming too small. And the oil stays where there's no more room. Keep pouring the oil. And when there was no more vessel, the Lord said the oil responded to the size of the vessel. There's no more room, so the oil stays. How much room do you have for people? Two services, fantastic. Three services, okay. After a while, you begin to have diminishing return. How much room do you have? There's so much I want to pour into you guys. So let me, just, let me round it up here. So watch this carefully. Abraham lied, Isaac lied, Jacob lied. And then here we have Joseph. She said, lie down with me. And she said, nobody's going to be aware of it. Joseph said, what does that sound like? I'm going to lie. And if I lie, stay close. Put your hands on each other. If I lie... I become limited by the same. Meaning God will not be looking for my child as the next hope. Why did God bring you here? God is hoping that you will be the breaker. God is hoping that you will become the terminator. That this nonsense that flows in your family... That you will be the first to break away. And you can't break away if what they drink, they drink, they drink, is what you drink. If where they sleep and sleep and sleep is where you sleep. If the way they do marriage is how you are also going to do marriage. They impregnate women or sleep with men before they ever get married to them. When you're about to do the same, you can't be a terminator. Pastor Sam, what if I have done all of that? The beautiful thing is that there is grace. Am I talking to somebody in the house of God? And tonight is a night of grace. That the family has gone through poverty, lack. Look at your family. Look at where they live. Look at the kind of condition your family has lived in. It has gone on from generation to generation. And your father was hoping that you would become the terminator. 
unfortunately the pain of your father and your mother when she's looking at you and she's crying it's not because of your current condition your mother is crying because she can see that the future is hopeless where are your brothers the same thing that conquered your father has conquered your that conquered your grand great grandfather conquered your grandfather conquered your father look at your elder brother he is a direct replica of your father same way your father lived the same way he's living irresponsible a drunk alcoholic cigarette smoker just someone who just loves around no focus no purpose I want to ask you a question. How are you going to build a new future with the raw material from a failed generation? I'm asking ask you a question. How are you going to build a new future with the raw material, dysfunctional material, the principles that did not help your parents? Why are you holding on to it to build a new future? This is a new church. We are not going to build this church like church A, church B. Don't come here and tell us from where I'm coming from. Leave it at the door. This is not that. And we're not building here with the straws from that place. Don't bring us the straw from there. There is an instruction to your pastor. Build according to the pattern I revealed to you on the mount. He shows us the pattern and we find out the raw materials relevant to that pattern to build. How do you want to build a new life? Put your hands on each other. With what flows in the bloodline. Take your hands off. <laughs> and tell him don't do it again. <laughs> don't transfer that thing. And I want every one of you to go home today and when mommy calls you and says, my daughter, come close. You know, your father, my relationship with your father was such a bad one, you know? And I want to use that to talk to you. Men are very bad. Be careful how you relate with men. Don't put all your legs in a man's life. Is that okay? You put one in and one right there. Is that okay? From my experience with your father, be careful how you relate with men. You're going to say no, mom. Try to put that hand on it. Try to transfer it. You're going to say no, mom. Don't send that to me. I'm going to build my marriage according to the principle of God's word. I'm a terminator. I'm a terminator. I'm a cycle. I'm a cycle breaker. I'm a trendsetter. I'm, I'm a barrier breaker. Am I talking to somebody here? I'm a barrier breaker. I'm a limit breaker. How far? Listen. Are you aware that until Jacob, they all began their lives and they all end up in the same place, the same place, the same place, the same place. You hear, and Abraham went this, 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 and then you hear he was back to the same place. Come, haven't you read your Bible? You didn't take time to look at that? You were here, oh, they were going here, they were going there. Look at all the journey, always end in the same place. 
Same level. Same heights. Same dimension. Everybody stays on the same level. And Jacob ended up in the same place. And listen to me. By the time Joseph sent for Jacob to be, his, Jacob to be fetched, are you aware that the 11 sons of Jacob were living under their father's covering? You didn't hear what I just said. Men who are matured, who should individually be handling nations, because their second to the last born was already in charge of a nation called Egypt. If Joseph the 11th could be handling the entire nation of Egypt, it was in the mind of God that Judah should be in charge of a nation. Uh, Jacob, I mean, uh, uh, Simeon should be in charge, Reuben should be in charge, but the 11 sons. We're under a father. He was paying their bills, paying the bills of their wives, paying the, whatever trouble they get into their father, bails them out. Isn't it shameful to know that at a certain age, your father is still paying your bills, your mother is still sending money to you. It is the greatest reproach to any mother to come to a level when she expects her son or daughter to be the one saying, Mom, how are you doing? I'm buying you a new house. But at that time, you are, she's still sending money to pay your rents. It's a reproach. Somebody say, I'm a Terminator. I have one minute left, and I'm going to keep to my time. So Joseph, when Potiphar's wife said, sleep with me. Ah, he said, Mama, you're such a beautiful woman, and you're going to be the delight of any man. But I value my treasure over pleasure. I would I rather give up this pleasure and hold on to my treasure. Woman of God, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this. I'm a man. And if you're patient enough, give me a few years more. You will hear that I have Ephraim. You will hear I have Manasseh. So in case you doubt my masculinity, wait for some years. It will be confirmed by the children I have. But I refuse to prove it to you now. I'm speaking to a young man who is easily manipulated, but, by, but if you think you're a man, why can't you do something right now? And anytime you hear that, you fall flat. It's time to say to every person who tells you that, give me time, you will know if I'm a man or not. I'm about to pray for you. And Joseph decided, he said, listen, I love Abraham. I love Isaac. I love Jacob. I love you guys. <laughs> but see, I want to build my life so far from your lives. Because I'm a terminator. It is so serious that, watch this, sir. Are you aware that it was a trekking distance from Jacob's house to Egypt. Are you aware it's a trekking distance? They didn't fly. They trekked. So watch this. Watch this carefully. If it's a trekking distance, when Joseph, you know, it's easy to stay away from home when you are broke. If you come from my country, when we are broke, we don't, we don't, let any, we don't show up on social media. What you just see, we'll, we'll put the picture of Jesus on our social 
See, we, <laughs> I love Nigerians. When we are broke, that's when the only thing you see us show, we'll be sharing a life conference. We'll be, we'll be sharing it. Because there's nothing to share. You understand that? But the moment in my country they say pepper rest, oh my God, the moment things begin to happen, then you begin to see an idea with the kind of office we take pictures from. <laughs> then you see us at the airport. <laughs> then you see us beside our friend's car. <laughs> and then if we have our house, watch out for that. Are you aware that Joseph, Joseph became prosperous before the age of 30? As soon as he arrived at the house of Potiphar, the Bible said the Lord began to bless him. He became very prosperous. And prosperity makes you attractive. That was what attracted the wife of the man who owns the enterprise to the guy who works for her. She was like, ever since this guy stepped into our place, things have changed. Our revenues have moved up. So she knew that there's something extra because how can the wife of the CEO fall in love with the staff? She sensed there was something on the boy that was bigger than what her husband has. She wasn't going to sleep with him in Egyptian mythology. When you send someone that looks like a deity, you sleep with the person so that the divine side of the person can flow into the seed you birth. So it wasn't about sex. It was about the transfer of what Joseph carried. Are you... If you want to understand it, go back to Egypt. The last plague was the killing of the firstborn. And it's called Amonra. Firstborn happens to be the one that they believe was a product of a divine human intercourse. So whenever they see somebody with extraordinary abilities, they call you gods. And what the woman would like to do is to sleep with you so that they can birth offsprings that carry that godness. Be careful who opens her legs to you, sir. It's not sex, sir. I hope you don't get out of bed with her and realize you are empty. I hope you don't get out of bed and notice you start stepping into trouble. I hope since you came out of bed with her, I hope you've not been realizing that you've just been stepping into troublous waters. No favor, nothing happening in your life anymore. Sweetheart, watch who invites you to bed. It's not everybody that's willing to spend a million on you that is trying to do that because they love you. In my country, we know that. The men in the fraternities, in the cult, they have the capacity to go into the cult and make through psychics. They can tell who and who is the staff. Let me say this. If you are working in a place where somebody is a psychic or believes in psychic, what they do is to take the picture of all the staffs to the psychics and they say, can you check everyone for me? Which among all of them has the greatest star? And then you see the person come at you. Can I buy you a car? Can I? And you're like, wow, he's so in love with me. No, 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 no. He's in love with the idea of your star. Haven't you noticed ladies who are high flying as soon as they start embracing all those things? Because the man will spend anything on you because what he's about to get from you cannot be compared with what he spends on you. Just check your life from the time you start sleep here, sleep there. Have you become better or worse? 
Sex does not increase, it diminishes your glory. <laughs> Praise God. So Joseph said, you know what? I want to stay away. I want to build my life differently. And he stayed away from their lifestyle. What they drink, he doesn't drink. Where they sleep, he doesn't sleep. Where they go, he doesn't go. And watch what God did. God said, because you have broken away from that, you became prosperous. You could have trekked back home. Because, mama, as a prosperous person in the house of Potiphar, he could have just said, hey, can I get an, a boat? Can I get an Uber? At that level, he could buy any car. He could have even told madam, hey, ma'am, can you just get me a car? I want to just get home. Can I get, can I get any of the chariots? Can I just go home? Joseph knew that even though God is blessing me now, this is not the time to reveal myself. This is not the time to go home. 17, 20, 25, 30. He stood before the king. And at 30, he became the second in command to the king. Chariots were given to him. And still, he did not go home. What is it about home that he doesn't want to go to? If you go prematurely, it will sabotage God's agenda. I don't know who, I know I'm saying some very deep things here and I know I'm speaking to quite a number here today. So he stayed back. There is a time to be concealed. There's a time when everybody doesn't need to know what God is doing in your life on social media. You advertise too much. There's a principle in warfare whereby sometimes when God is doing so much in your life, what you put out there is something to distract people from what God is doing. Am I talking to somebody? Joseph did not go home. God brought home to Joseph. God created the situation where there was a global famine because now the time has come for Joseph and those who excommunicate him to see the man they threw out of the house. Am I talking to somebody? The time came. And they all came to Joseph. And when Joseph saw them, again, he was not in a hurry to tell them who he was. I'm talking about wisdom and discretion for revelation. You talk too much. You reveal too much. They were with him. They came and saw him in his royalty. He just behaved like, who are you guys? The Bible said when he saw them, he knew them, but they couldn't know him. Why? You see, those who hurt you usually won't remember you. But you who was hurt will always remember them. The sad part is that they couldn't remember him because God has so changed him that they couldn't recognize him. But unfortunately for them, they've remained unchanged such that at their sight, he could, could just remember, these guys have not changed. Why? They are still under the same covering. After 20 years, you are still at the same level. At 
after 10 years, you are still looking the same? Nothing has changed in your life? Something is shifting tonight. In a short while from now, this altar will be filled with people crying. I can see some of you already crying. That's okay. Because God is singling you out. God is breaking you away. By whatever means, God needs to break you away from this nonsense flow that has kept everybody in the same place, in the same level, in the same condition. Whatever God needs to do, God will do it for you. Your time has come. I sense like ministering prophetically to some of you right now, but listen to me carefully. Your season has come. How do you become a terminator? How do you become one? Change the way you think. You can think like them and be better than them. Number two, change your consecration. You can't have the same level of consecration with them and rise above them. Your consecration means you are saying to God, God, for the assignment you give to me, there are things I will no longer do because of my assignment. So if you are a Samson, there are wines you must never drink. If you are a Samson, there are women you must never touch. If you are a Samson, nothing must cut your hair. Am I talking to somebody here? It's the consecration of a Nazarite. That is different from the consecration of a Levite. That is different from the consecration of an ironic order. Depending on your assignment, your consecration must be different. We all sing in the choir, but we all don't belong to the same calling. Is that okay? What some choir members will do and go scot-free with them, maybe because they are part of the Levitical order. Is that okay? And a Levite can marry any woman in Israel so long as she's a virgin. Is that okay, sir? An ironic priesthood can't do just like that. There are qualifications for who marries an ironic order. There are qualifications for who marries a Levite. But you see, when you come to a Nazaritic order, there is a different consecration that powers that assignment. So you are a global person. God is calling you to reach the nations. But how can you reach the nation with ordinary consecration? Your consecration is too ordinary for your extraordinary assignment. Pastor, you want to be an extraordinary man, woman of God, prophetess. You want to speak to nation. But your consecration, the foundation, can't power your assignment. Am I talking to somebody in the house of God? You can't sleep where everybody sleeps and want to be better than them. How can you be a prophet to the nation when you sleep with the nations? How can you rise above those you stay with? How can you become a voice of hope to the ones you share the same aspiration with? It is a reason why God is calling us to a new level. If our church, and I know this church is going to be an extraordinary church in this nation, in this city, in this country, this, city, this church will go to every major city in this country. But trust me, for that to happen, our consecration as a church must be totally different from the consecration that powers other churches that have failed God. Alive, God is counting on you. That other church failed God. God raised another one. That church too failed God. God then raised another one. And that one too failed God. Alive, will you fail God? Will you fail God? 
the hope of young people in this country is tied to the music that will be coming from this house. The hope of the young people in this country. Hillsong has done Australia. A life will do South Africa. Am I talking to somebody here? From the remotest part in Australia, Sydney, sound began to move. We used to laugh at them. We said they were kangaroo dance. And gradually, gradually, it just moved like wildfire. Something is about to rise from Polokwane. Something is about to rise from this place. Your airport, your city is about to become popular because of your church. Nations are about to start flying in to come and say, what is God doing there? Church is about to become different because we are coming to the days where it will no longer be just a short service. And we, no, 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 no. We come to worship and we are all on the floor. We are all in the presence of the Lord. To the foyer, to the lobby, everywhere in the camp, people are getting healed. Miracles are taking place. Can somebody shout, Terminators? For that to happen, there's a consecration. It's a consecration. To become a terminator. How many of us are tired of the poverty in our family? Talk to me now. How many of us are tired of financial hardship? Make money, lose money. Struggle to get money. Struggle to send kids to school. They even struggle to send you to school. You barely went to school. You struggled all through school. And you've seen it happen across generations. And you want to stand up. How many of us want to say, Pastor Sam, I want God to anoint me to be a terminator in the area of financial blessings. How many of you want to say, fantastic. It happened to me. That's my own story. My father left my mother. Died, left my mother with nowhere to live in. I tell you that under God. So we're living in a small room. A small room, just a little bit of the size of this stage here. Just a drum area. And when it rains, I have to be awake with a container in my hand collecting water while my mother tries to sleep. Nowhere to go. My father didn't plan for us. My dreams were about to be shattered because I had a dream to go to the best university in my country. I wanted to study and go into the oil sector. And here was I looking at my dreams almost fizzling away because there was no money. But I began to seek God. I say, you are the father of the fatherless. I began to talk to God. And God, in his own mercy, showed me so much mercy. Petroleum Training Institute in Wari, Nigeria. The only petroleum institute in my country. 13 people were being sought for in the entire country. One, three, just 13 people. How competitive it was. People spending money, lobbying at every level. I was among the top two who were selected on merit. And people looked at me. When I got the admission, I took it home to my mom. My mom saw the admission. She broke down, began to cry. I said, Mommy, why are you crying? She said, Well, I'm excited you passed. I'm excited you they took you. But where do you get the money to fit to foot your bills? Nowhere to get money. I put the admission before God. I said, Help me. And someone just heard, he says, Pastor Sam, bro, Sam, come. My father said he heard about your success and he wants to know what's your plan. And I got there, I said, I have no plan. And the master said, something tells me to help you. A man I never met before. And so I moved to that school. But that was not my goal. My goal was to go to what we call University of Ibadan, the first university in my country. 
the premier university. I said, I want to go to that school. I didn't know why even in the midst of my poverty, there was a cry for the best. I just, I just felt something. If it is the best, I felt I should go there. But there was no resources to match my dreams. But I knew I needed to break a pattern because nobody in my bloodline has crossed the walls of secondary education. Not to talk about tertiary. My father speaks so well, writes so well, but never went to the secondary education, never went to tertiary. And I was determined to be the breaker, to be the terminator, to be the cycle breaker. And I took that responsibility seriously. Eventually, I got admission to the University of Ibadan to the glory of God to study geology from where I graduated. And it was in my final year, the Lord said to me in the last semester, I need you. I said, Lord, I surrender all. And I thought it was going to be a life of suffering. There were tough moments, but today I have no single regret because God has enabled me to meet with those who were my seniors and those who are my equals. And God will ask me a question. Ain't I treating you better than they have been treated? And let me say this, even after I graduated, I noticed that I was barely just getting breakthroughs, just breakthrough, just to meet needs. But I said, God, that's not the way I want to live. I want to be a terminator. I want to stop this financial rubbish. I want to build my house. I want to, no, no loan, no credit from anywhere. I want to build a house. I want to travel. I want to take care of my kids. I want them to go to the best universities, home and abroad. I said, without a father, I went to the best university. My sons must go to the best in the world if I'm alive. And I'm grateful to God today. My son is in one of the, the number one animation school in the United States right now. Number one. Chosen up just 74 of them from the entire world. Because the pattern has been broken. A terminator has paid the price. Watch this. If you will pay the price, your children will leave. Won't you pay the price so your children don't have to fight battles? Must every generation fight? Must every generation in your bloodline suffer the same disease? Suffer the same faith? Must every generation suffer the same thing? I said, God, I'm tired of this. And I shared it with the church that I was in yesterday. I never knew what God was doing. I never knew that people, people were already sensing the same thing. And the Lord just said to me, 2019, sir, 2009, you know Apostle Good at Equeme, House on the Rock? Yes. He had invited me to come to House on the Rock because I preached there. And he was hosting a conference. And he said, Sammy, come. And I, I was about leaving my house. And the Lord said to me, said, son, 2008, the Lord said to me, said, son, I want you to take $1,000 from your house. I, I said, the blood of Jesus. What? <laughs> what? What? Because as at that time, it took us two years to put together $1,018. Now, after two years, you come tell me to give you... How about the 18 on top? Why didn't you ask for the 18? <laughs> don't do that to me, God. I love you, but don't try this, you know. And the Lord said to me, take it. And I went to my wife, wrong person to go to. Because she can hand me over to God. She has even done that. And I said, sweetheart, I'm hearing a voice saying I should give the Lord $1,000 that we spent two years to put together. 
She said, you better do now. I'm like, can't you even hear no? Can't you just say no? So that I can tell God when my wife said she, she was not pastor. <laughs> pastor, I took the offering. And I got to Apostle Goodhart. He said, hey, Sammy the Great. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, I said to him, I said, sir, I just want to drop something with you. And I dropped it. And he tapped me on the back. He said, Sammy, let us go. And in my mind, I'm like, to where? I just gave you my life now. When I was expecting, man of God, was, he was going to tell me, my son, good God, kneel down. God bless you. Saka. I was expecting. I was expecting to say, kneel down. And in the mighty name of, not mighty is too small for this kind of investment. <laughs> you have to invoke all the names of God for this one. Put all of your hands on me and I expect you now to decree you're going to buy your ecclesiastical calling. Mention all the name of the fathers who anointed you. And you just tap me on the back and let's go, go to where? So I sat in the conference. I stand before God to tell you, I didn't know what happened in that conference that day. Up till this moment, who sang, who preached, I don't know. You know why? I was thinking about my money. That's how to know when you sow an uncommon seed. A seed that will change your life, you never forget it. A seed that will change your ministry. You will never forget where you sowed it. I can never forget. And when I was there, towards the tail end of the meeting, the Lord said to me, said, son, what's happening to you? I said, Lord, he didn't pray for me. He said, and listen to what the Lord said to me. Did I tell you to sow and ask him to pray? And the Lord said to me, son, the blessing is not in his prayer. The blessing is in your obedience. That's all. That's all. That was 2008. 2009, I was in my office and I got a phone call. Hello, is that Sam Oye? I said, yes. He said, I'm the public diplomacy officer for the U.S. government. For the last 12 months, 2008, for the last 12 months, we've been following you. The U.S. president has mandated us to select only one person who is committed to leadership development in Nigeria. And I want to let you know that a 10-man nomination committee has sat at the U.S. Embassy in Abuja, haven't perused through all the names. We're glad to let you know you are the only person chosen. And I'm like, is it me or... Because there's Sam Adi, I mean, my country, who is more senior to me in leadership. What did you see? If you had asked people to apply, I would not have applied. Because I didn't see myself qualified. By what parameters did they choose me? I still don't know. And I was moved, and they said, sir, can you send us your passport? The government of the United States have instructed us to give you the highest visa the U.S. government can give to a person. And that please, we need you in Washington, D.C. from March this period to so-so and so period for one month, you will be with us. We know this will disrupt your activity, so we'll pay you every day. Calm down. I see jealousy rising everywhere now. <laughs> Help me touch someone around you and tell the person you are a terminator. Tell the person, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> so this is really going to get you jealous now. And so I arrived for the first time in Washington Dallas Airport. And then I met three men, old men, veterans with the U.S. Uh, military. And they said, hey, you're Sam? I said, yes. And they said, sorry, we've been assigned to take care of you throughout your stay here in the United States. Please, can we have your luggage? 
I'm like, no, sir, in my country, you don't give older people. No, no, sir, please. Sir, I will carry on my luggage. They're like, no, we are under instruction to take care of you. We insist you give it to us. Ah, okay. And they say, by the way, we understand that you were not planning for this trip, so you, must, you may not have come with the kind of clothes you need. It's towards the end of winter. So we have some little money just for your shopping. And they, I thought small money was going to be like $500. And they brought me, I don't want to mention, thousands of dollars for shopping. When I saw it, I said, Jesus. Fear gripped me. So you know what I said? I said, please, sir, keep it. I said, I came with money too. And I don't need clothes. Every day I was being paid, at the end of the month, they brought the money they had before, plus the money's house to be paid. For the first time in my life, I saw thousands of dollars. And I'm happy right now. Thousands of <laughs> I got back home and I, as a sweetheart, you know, when God blesses you as a man, when you go home, that's the way you call your wife. You're like, sweetheart, where are you? But you know when you are struggling, you enter home, you don't even want to let her know. I said, sweetheart, come. And I opened the bag and I showed my wife money. And she was like, baby, what is it? My wife said she couldn't sleep the night, after the, that same night. She said she was thinking somebody would come and collect it. <laughs> that was the beginning of our major turnaround 12 years ago. And every time God wants to move us from this level to another, he will call us to a higher level of sacrifice to break that barrier. Have you realized that the seed you sow yesterday brought you to this level? The one you sow today breaks that barrier, takes you to another level. How many Terminators want to be here in this house? Raise your hand. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngocha. Till next time, God bless.